You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to this week's episode of Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is hosted by me, Joe Hakeem, and I'm joined by Nick Britsky of Nick Drinks, Jason Leinert of the Detroit Optimist Society, and Vato of the Hungry Dudes. We are joined each episode by workers, leaders, and analysts of the hospitality industry. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like or dislike what you hear, write a review. We love hearing from our listeners. You can visit Herd at HerdPodcast.com, follow Herd on Twitter and Instagram at HerdPodcast, and like Herd Podcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and now here's this week's episode of Herd. Hello and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Guys, we're going to start today with some sad news. Um, Olga Loizan of Olga's Kitchen, a local institution, passed away this week at the age of 92. It's crazy. Yeah, she lived a, lived yeah. a full life. But she, she started an empire. Um, How many locations were there? 30, 40? I don't know. At least, I think. And they're still going. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, uh, in the last couple of years, bought by Showstack. Uh, and they they're the same people that own a bunch of Applebee's and have pretty pretty strong chain restaurant knowledge base. Um, they own Applebee's. They own a couple other chains as well that escape me at, at the moment. I'm really shocked we didn't see her restaurant at the airport. Seemed like that would have been a good airport restaurant. Was there not one? Are you sure there wasn't one? I'm not sure, but seems like it would be maybe because like. Nationals or Leo is there? National, maybe they, yeah, Nationals there. Maybe they're like uh, because of the Euro exclusivity. Who knows what clauses are in there? Yeah, but she would just win out. Just like on the snackers, right? I think someone posted the recipe for the snackers today. On really? Facebook. Yeah. Ooh. Was it the? Uh, what was it? It was maybe it was on Twitter. Maybe I'm getting all confused. I think it was uh, someone from Channel Four might have posted like how to do the snackers. I, I have memories of them um, having a location at Eastland Mall. I grew up on the east side, and um, there was a time where they did these huge muffins. Um, and I don't re- recall why they were doing muffins or, or whatever it was, but they were about as big as my head. You know, I was probably uh, 10 or 12 years old, and um, I, I love those damn things. So uh, I worked at the Okemos Mall uh, all throughout college, and I got Olga's many times from the uh, – the food court. I remember just eating in that little back room at the tuxedo store, eating snackers and my Olga. Yeah. I mean, in years in the, I mean, and they even admitted this, that they've gone, their quality had gone down, which is when Showstack took over and kind of made the focus on quality and ingredients. I haven't been back, so I don't know um, what's happening with them. Good thing I brought some here. I know. So we have snackers in front of, but you can't, you can't fuck up a snacker. It's going to be good. And then, Looks like you have some. Uh, Zuc- uh, well, I, I was trying to hit the minimum for uh, the delivery. <laughs> oh, okay. So I got uh, zucchini fries and Olga like marinara Olgas, which or not Olgas. So zucchini fries are just breaded zucchini, and it looks kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I. There we go. Uh, yesterday posted by Paula Tutman, Olga Snacker Secret Unraveled. For years, I tried to crack the code, uh, all the snackers, and this weekend, I believe I finally found magic bullets in four easy steps. One, lightly coat pita bread strips in olive oil. Two, coat those strips in the spice salad supreme. Uh, three, bake to perfection. Four, then use uh, Swiss almond cheese spread. So the Swiss almond cheese spread is pretty readily available in your grocery store. The, using pita bread is not what an Olga snacker is. I'm sorry. I mean, that's not the same thing. Their, their bread is, I think there's a proprietary recipe, and it's pretty – you can even buy their bread at, in the freezer, I think, at the, in, in some grocery stores around really? in Metro Detroit. I'm not mistaken. At least you used to be able to. Mm-hmm. So, And then, Nick, you're eating – what? What am I eating, Joe? So now I have to be your shill. <laughs> I'm eating scotch eggs from Ackroyd Scottish Bakery. Mm. Make sure to come to their Burns Night this Friday. Um, so we we are uh, so we have Anthony Morrow with us, for, um, the owner of Pulp Media, and he's a uh, uh, the organizer and founder of Detroit 
Detroit Cocktail Classic, which has evolved into the Detroit Cocktail Week. He does lots of events, um, big events. Uh, and we do maybe a couple events a year. They're a huge pain in the ass. Anthony, thanks for being with us, first of all. <laughs> thanks for having me. Um, They're and, a huge pain in the ass. Thanks for being here. But, but I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm just being honest, right? We are expecting – so we're teaming up with Urban Rest. Um, we make these scotch eggs, which are a labor of love. Um, every – you know, we boil every egg. We peel every egg. We hand uh, – we, we – Grind sausage in house. We wrap every egg in sausage. We so roll I, every. Did egg you in you were posting something. Somebody asked you if you did a if you use a circulator, right? Yes. And you said no. No, we're using an induction burner. Yeah, the circulator just um, it takes a while in a circuit. As far as I don't know how much a lot about emerging circulators. The only thing you could do is you could do like a big vat of them, like because yeah. you could prop you could use like any old plastic container. Uh-huh. With the circulator, assuming your circulator has enough wattage. Okay. If you wanted to make like 100 eggs. I don't know how many right. eggs you make. Right. So it takes, well, a, it takes a lot longer, but you could let it go, like you said, make a big batch, forget about it, and then come back and, and chill them all off. Yeah. I mean, we're, do, we're trying to do uh, at least 30 to 35 dozen for the event. It's nuts. And yeah. these aren't cheap because of the work, right? Right. And eight, that, and if that, I remember. What's that? Eight. Eight what? Dollars? Uh, seven. 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 Eight, almost. Yeah. Almost had yeah. it. Um. And um, I sold them. Mm. Joe looked me into some of them or many events. <laughs> they look well cooked. The, the thi- They're perfect. So, so, yeah, they look. Yeah. And, and, you know, Burns Night is a big deal in Scottish culture. Um, it celebrates the life of the national poet of Scotland, Robert Burns. Um, and uh, last year's event, we, we far Packed. out. Yeah. Far oh my God. exceeded expectations. Um, and uh, this year we're, we're hoping to do more. They're um, debating a tent. Did they tell you about that? Who is? Um, yeah. They, I had popped in and I had asked about him, like, you can't get a tent? They're like, maybe. I hope that they do. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Heated tent. Um, and, and we just hustle food all night. It was packed. So, like, so, they they hit the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the fire limit. Yep. And there was lines, like, around the building last year. So it, so for those unaware, tell us what's in the Scotch Egg. Scotch Egg is a... Uh, basically a six and a half minute, seven minute egg, uh, which leaves the yolk a little runny. Um, and then it's wrapped in sausage that we make in house, which is seasoned with sage and salt pepper, real simple, almost like a breakfast sausage. And we, um, dip it in egg wash and, uh, or an egg and then, um, roll it in cornflakes, deep fry it. Well, vegan, definitely vegan, mm-hmm. um, heart friendly. Yep. Uh, clean <laughs> hashtag clean eating. So avocado oil. <laughs> No, palm no. seed. <laughs> so it's not. That, I mean, so it's not that hard. You know, we got we got we got to be got to got to look at cost. And then uh, Nick's eating it with Coleman's mustard right now, which is a, a English the, zero the most famous English calories, one. though, right? If I remember correctly, uh, that's not true. Is it not? Think. I don't think so. I mean, there's sugar and flour in Coleman's mustard. Oh, it's a really bummer. Yeah, they they don't. The powder care. doesn't have. Uh, if you well, mix the oh, that's that's Chinese mustard. If you mix just no, the powder, just and Coleman's water. powder. Okay. Yeah, and then it has no calories, I guess. And, right. Yep. Yep. Um. So yeah, scotch eggs are, are, are a big part of this night. And then we do haggis and neeps and tatties, which are um, sweet and uh, rutabaga and potatoes and um, mushy peas. And um, we're doing a dessert called Cranican. They'll do a scotch ale, right, typically? Scottish ale, it's called. Um, it's not a scotch ale, which is a type of beer. It's a Scottish ale. Okay. Um, and then he's doing a wee heavy this year, too. He's nice. doing two or three variations of the Scottish ale. He is Zach Tepinski yep. from Urban Rest, who's been a guest on the show before. Winner um, of a golden jigger. Ooh. Winner of a golden jigger, yes. It, it, and it looks like Anthony won a golden jigger too. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I brought it because I'm super slow. I apologize, <laughs> anyone out there who hasn't got theirs yet. <laughs> I have one more official one to give Laura, and then I have nameplates for like six other people. Oh, <laughs> good <know>. job. <laughs> Still January, right? Hey, back to the Scotch egg. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm curious if you know the his like how did like somebody just decided one day like, hey, I got this, I got this idea about just. Putting sausage around an egg and then deep frying it. I don't know the exact story, but I know it happened in a pub, which I think is the obvious answer here, right? They have access to a deep fryer. They have access to eggs, access to sausage, and they serve beer. You have to have it with beer or some type of booze. We're we're drinking um, Woodford Reserve that Anthony brought, and we have a bottle of Old Ezra here as well that Nick brought. Um, Goes better with beer, I'm going to be honest with you guys. But – It's solid pub food. You can eat it with your hands. It's greasy. It's fatty. Perfect with beer, salty, and the thing that makes ours different is we we strive to have the runny yolk, um, yeah. and most of them that you'll have in uh, that I've seen in, in pubs o- over in Scotland or in um, 
even around here. Um, it's hard, hard. It's, it's, it's a hard boiled egg. They're easier to peel. They're easier to work with. They last longer. Mm-hmm. Um, we only do this for special events. So this is not something we have on our menu on a regular basis. Um, just not, not worth it. Um, from, from like the, the labor standpoint, it takes up too much of our bandwidth as a business. All right. So tips on peeling eggs. Tell me, tell me your process because so I made, actually I made boiled eggs this morning and peeling them is a, is a pain in the ass if you don't do it the right way. It's still a pain in the ass. Okay. It's a pain in the ass even if you do, you do one in the morning or you do 35 <laughs> dozen like we're doing. We're peeling them the same way. Every little tip that I've read or have looked at online doesn't seem to work for us. Right. Start ice. the water hot, start the water cold. Uh, you know, I, I think ice baths just a general thing they yeah. can do to stop. Always cooking. ice. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. got to do it to stop it from cooking. So, yeah. But I don't know if it helps with the peeling. Then there's I like, think it does. Add some, uh, you know, add a dash of vinegar, add turmeric, uh, not turmeric, <laughs> uh, tartar, cumin tartar. I heard that too. Uh, I think so. Baking soda. So yep. I have a question, Joe. You're yep. doing all this live. Like you're producing these. You're producing these. At the event live, no, 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 no. We, we okay. so they're all cooked. Pri- we, we cook them prior, okay. so we're re- we're essentially reheating them. Okay, we we could we cannot. Um, no, there's no way we can do them live. Okay, yeah. That's, I was just having anxiety about your event. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and uh, you know, I have help and you know multiple. Um, but but we most of our food is is we produce at the bakery and then bring it with us and then reheat it. Okay, yeah. Um, th- there is no way that we could hand wrap uh you know peel an egg hand wrap it in sausage roll it and and have it done in any reasonable amount of time especially with the hundreds of people that we expect to see i think i saw them do that on top chef i'm not top chef i'm not i'm not on chopped i'm not making a making what one two and i'm not they're making like 150 and i'm not making a vinaigrette with 12 seconds left on the clock that's not that's not my game making pasta that's my favorite (laughs) when they make pasta (laughs) um all right anthony so we're talking about events um I actively, uh, you know, like as much as I love seeing hundreds of people, um, you know, come through a doorway to, just to have our food, it's 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 incredibly stressful mm-hmm. um, and sweaty for him. I've seen, well, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen him working. He, he cannot possibly sweat as much as me. <laughs> but so you're 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 producing these events. So you are from the i from conception to execution. This this these, this is what you're doing. Right. So let's talk about the Detroit Cocktail Classic, which I think is your kind of signature event. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, you can correct me. But um, let's talk about the idea for that, where it started. Okay. And then, um, yeah, start there. Um, actually, I had seen, um, I mean, this is years ago, probably 2010, 2011. There was an event in Manhattan um, called the Cocktail Classic. And... Um, I was just then, you know, at that point there were really, I don't even think sugar, when did sugar house start? 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So they were kind of the only thing. And then the Oakland. And, um, so aside from that, I really didn't even know who to talk to or what to do. I had a history of producing events, um, when I was with Metro times years ago. And so I'd done music festivals and, um, wine events, things like that, but nothing on the scale of, I would look at the photos of, things they were doing in New York and, and other big cities and just be blown away. Like there's no way, how do I do that here? <clears throat> and so I knew I had to find someone or an entity or something to kind of help. And through, uh, through friends of friends, I found Travis Warmont mm-hmm. from Great Lakes Wine and Spirits and set up a meeting with him. And long story short, we hit it off and Great Lakes came on board for the first, uh, first one. They kind of trusted my ability. We were just, you know, um, jumping in together. And uh, the first one we had, we really struggled to find that we wanted uh, cocktail bars that were made proper cocktails, proper craft cocktails, had bartenders knew what they were doing that could be on site and do it. And I think we had maybe 10 or 12, and it was hard to wrangle those up. And what year was this? That was 2014. Okay. And then, you know, you flash forward to this last year, we had 52 establishments 52 yeah wow and so that's how far it's come in four years um it's pretty pretty amazing but that's how it started and then year three it started to expand we moved from the garden theater to easter market Uh uh-huh and you know that was daunting in, in, in and of itself walking into shed three when there's nothing in there 
I was terrified. So, so I want to, I want to stay, stay on that point for a second because when people walk into the event, mm-hmm. they see a finished product, right? right? And so the the kind of prep that goes into this. So let's talk about the Eastern Market being an empty space. Who conceptualizes how things are set up inside of Eastern Market? Um, that's typically myself, and uh, then you know through trial and error. And then each year, you know, listening to suppliers, we, we're blessed in this city to have suppliers who really care and want to be part of great events and want to make events better. And so, um, I mean, they're, they're sponsoring and they're, you know, putting in blood, sweat and tears into this event. And then they're still taking the time to say, here's what we think would make it better. And so every year we've just added to it, um, you know, we have some people on staff and then people from um, the distributors. And, um, you know, I listen to it. I'm old now. So, you know, in, in, in the promoter world, you know, I don't really consider myself a promoter per se. But in this world, you know, you have you hit a point where you can't do it all by yourself. And it's hard. I mean, I can remember right as soon as events ended, people coming up and saying, <laughs> Oh, you should have done this, this, and this. And they, they have no idea that you've been working on it for six months. Right. And yeah, it's a great idea, but it's not necessarily the right time to tell someone. <laughs> right. Um, but again, I still take that. And I mean, even we're already working on cocktail week for this, this coming October. And we're putting together kind of like a brain trust or a steering committee uh-huh. of a handful of folks who we trust, some bar owners, um, some bloggers. suppliers, you know, what's that? Bloggers. Some, uh, some, <laughs> some bloggers. In, influencers. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, to his point, yeah. though, like, so I uh, I was involved with Dally and Alley, like, quite, quite some time ago. I mean, and, you know, I'm sure you've kind of seen the same thing where you have this, uh, you start off with this small, like, more organic kind of deal. And I wasn't there when it was just in the alley, but I was there when, you know, right. it, it started out, you had about 20,000 people. Now, as the thing grows, and the other thing I was, I'll tell you the other thing I was involved with, I don't know if you ever heard it, it was called Velo. It was a bicycle pub crawl. Yeah. Super, super organic. I photographed that one year. For yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. Super organic. Uh, and then it got too big. And, you know, you, you have a, you have a team of folks that are doing some certain things. You got, and you have, everyone's got their own little thing. Someone's dealing with the legal. Someone's dealing with, uh, different types of logistics. And at some point it's going to get either too big. For what you have, so like with Velo, we just we just stopped it. Dally, those are the things where I got out and I was handling more of the legal side, right, and trying to tell people, hey, listen, if you don't do this, we're going to shut this down. If you don't do this, I mean, you know, things get too big like that. So right. you have to be at that point now where you kind of see the end of the tunnel, saying, you know what, if we if we go this direction with it. You know, where's the creature going to grow? We got to maintain it to to keep it, uh, you know, what we intended it to be in the first place, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, we I should mention too that you know we're tied into a charity for this, um, and we work with them on all of our events, all these spirit events, as we go, spirit festivals, as we call them, and we really couldn't do it without them because they supply mm-hmm. who who's the charity? Uh, it's Oats offering alternative therapy with smiles. Okay, they're in Ortonville. Really great organization. My uh-huh. wife and son had volunteered there. That's how I found out about them. And they, you know, in essence, provide equine therapy for um, people with special needs, mostly children. And it's really wonderful. They needed, they wanted to do some fundraisers and we wanted to produce events and you need charities to work with to pull these things off. Um, so I can get it. So you need them. You can't get a liquor license without them, basically. Right. right. And that's how a lot of these events work. Yeah. But, um, so they come in. Get twelve special licenses yep. a year. Yeah, yeah. And but as an individual promoting the event, you can't ob- uh, no. obtain a liquor license. Uh, you can't at all. No. Okay. You okay. have to be like a there'd be a catering license. Okay. Yeah. All right. um, interesting. So it's an interesting thing. I mean, all the rules that are put in place are from uh, prohibition. Okay. You no, they're still in place. Uh-huh. I learned a ton in the first. You know, we went from Garden Theater where there was you know, a license or any, any place where there's already a license to, I mean, the things that you can do on site, you can't do on site. You know, you can't wear, if you work for Woodford Reserve, you can't go into a bar and, and pour, right? Your own product. It's an interesting, 
interesting thing about the oh, is legality that why there's promo companies that exist. Okay, <clears throat> exactly. and why there's volunteers to pour and things Vol- like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's oats. Oh, I mean, like for Whiskey Fest coming up in March, there are fifty. They provide fifty people now, who over the last three years have turned into, um, you know, s- supporters of this spirit world, who were just fans of oats, and now they've become fans of Detroit and fans of these events. And learned about whiskey, and so they're there pouring, and they wear their um, really cool denim. Um, what do you call it? like the overall? Fest? Yeah, Fish? <clears throat> okay, and, so so yeah. whiskey fest. So mm-hmm. you so you have the cocktail classic, right? And that that has turned into a whole week, right? Um, whiskey fest. What else do you produce? Uh, honestly, we've killed everything because of the market. We had rum and tequila festival, which was which was a, a not a home run. I mean, none of these events are really home runs. Uh huh. Um, that's the base thing. That's hits, like solid base hits. Yeah, sometimes you get a ground rule double, yeah. and um, <laughs> it's a lot of work. But what, what's the, what's the home run? Because you know, we go to a lot of places and they're packed, and there's a line to get in. Or is it a home run that you know people are are you know maybe wasn't as packed, but people are talking about it for the next three months? I mean, for for me, honestly, and it sounds like a cliche, but at the end, I've always said if all the suppliers are happy. If my staff still wants to work with me, if the charity's happy, and if we don't get complaints from the, but we're also we're getting accolades in terms of that was a great party or whatever, that's a home run. Golden Jigger Awards, right? Oh, right. I mean, <laughs> but and that was voted on the public. So, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't it in twenty eighteen? <laughs> um, you know, so that's the thing. There are there are so many now that I mean, there used to be a lot of events, but now it's just exploded. And I want to talk about okay. – I want to stay on that point for a second because there are a lot of events that – Two events happen every day at the Royal Oak Farmer's Market. <laughs> there's normally a whiskey tasting in the morning and a vodka tasting at night. There's This Friday, there's a scotch right, egg. Um, yeah. They're, making, right. they're actually making them live, so I don't know about any other ones. Like, this is – it's going to be awesome. Um, with all these events, inevitably, you're going to get lumped into these events that basically steal from people. Um, and I – I read about them. I've seen Facebook. We've talked about a couple of them, and I don't. Yeah. I don't remember the names because I, I will not ever go to them. But how do you differentiate yourself when someone goes to an event um, and they all they do is stand in line for an hour and a half, get mm-hmm. one of whatever they were planning to get, roll of sushi, a roll of sushi, or a taco, or whatever right. the hell you know it might be, and, and and then people run out of food quickly. I can um, tell you that uh, that it's tough, and, and you identified. One of our core issues um, with throwing, and that's why we've scaled it back to where we're not going to be producing. We had a whole list of things that we wanted to do, but time and energy and looking at the market and thinking, is it better for us to concentrate and put six months into cocktail week and start to grow that into a regional, you know, event where people are, and that's what we're working on right now, bringing people from these spirit brands in from out of town to just add value to the, to it and, you know, to continue to put Detroit on the map with in terms of cocktails and spirits. and But touching on that, I mean, I can tell you that that Sushi Fest debacle hurt our event mm-hmm. because people saw that it was an Easter market and they, the general public doesn't understand. I mean, they, would, they were commenting on our event that was months away saying, we will never come to one of your events again. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they said, well, we were just at Sushi Fest and got screwed. And I said, you know, you were at Easter Market, but Easter Market doesn't produce the events. And Easter Market understood that we were talking and they, you know, they put out some messaging to kind of help the rest of us who are doing good things. But yeah, it's, uh, honestly, it sucks. So <laughs> so a lot, of, I mean, I mean, just spitballing, it sounds like a lot of the problem falls on somebody like the market for not vetting their folks better. Uh, I mean, it's money. tough, you know. Well, I mean, but. But see, that you know, that the people that did Sushi Fest were on 2, 4, and 7, you know, and being talked about, you know, interviewed and it looked great and they had an organization. But when it comes down to it, it's that moment of when those doors open. And I felt it. I mean, the very first Whiskey Fest, we were not ready for what hit us. And we had to quickly do damage control. I mean, people were, everyone showed up at 6 o'clock when doors open. We were not ready for it. We've been ready for it ever since. Mm. So the next point then, any venue, whether it's the Eastern Market or uh, 
the Majestic Theater or any place. I mean, as long as the client can pay, then it and it's legal, right? And uh, I mean, you you you're not going to know if it's a good event. I mean, if they're like, all right, we're going to do a a Scotch egg event, and ten people show up. Oh. I mean, that's not their as a venue. That's not their problem. It'd be Joe's fault. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if they have too many events, then maybe it's right, their right they, then to choose. Right, and then if they're an event space outside being the market, right? I mean, I mean most we'll a lot of places are event spaces. If if Sushi Fest came to you, I mean, I know I'd be like, yeah, hell yeah, I want a Sushi Festival here. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to know any better. What do you mean, like, it, show me your papers that you can actually do this? Right, show us your floor plan, all these types of things that I, I don't think even if you're able to pay a deposit or whatever is necessary to to uh, rent out Eastern Market for the evening. Um, and you're able to to show that you have some plan for an event, it's not really up to Eastern Market to say, that eh, doesn't sound so great. Or how are you going to execute this? Which maybe, you know, Vato, maybe they should. Maybe right. now. Well, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe they should say, well, what's your, what's your plan of execution here, right? Mm-hmm. Because I – mean, Because know, maybe they should go to a, uh, you know, KFC hall first and do something in a lower level – before you expand it to this, well, but but the thing is, these events—it's not that these events don't have people going. No, Sushi Fest was sold out. Sold out, right? And so this is the problem because they don't have—they they don't do the plant the planning ahead of time to make sure right. that there's enough, and that's the issue. And so you know, with you know Anthony to, to the cocktail classic, um, there was no—I didn't notice any lines. Um, and but not stuff, to say that the event wasn't busy. But stuff busy. ran out. But stuff ran out. And I think it's all how you dealt with it. Yeah. Like, because certain vendors would have limited edition stuff. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, hey, guys, when it's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And other times, so I worked Brown Foreman's booth two years ago, and I ran out of everything. And that just, the event was packed. That's and like, that's when like you're done, beer fest, too. You know, well, when sure. you're out of your specialized beer. Then... But it's all how you deal with it. You're like, hey, right. guys, we're out. We had a limited supply. We're so sorry. You can go over there. And it's how, you know, we try to over communicate to the right. ticket buyer. There's a series of emails that go out that, you know, we just try and prep them for those, you know, anything that could go, not necessarily go wrong, but that they wouldn't be expecting. You know, this year we're we're attempting to do something that is, you know, we're a little leery. Like we're, we've got two sheds for Whiskey Fest, which we actually need to do because we've outgrown the space. Which you did for Cocktail Classic. Right. Yep. But this is, this could be a night like tonight, you know, and, and people walking in between the sheds. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's some things that we're going to approach, but you know, I've already been going over it in my head. Like we're going to be sending them an email in two weeks saying, here's what this actually is. It's an indoor outdoor event. There's coat check if you don't want to move, but if you want to move, bring a coat, wear your coat. You're going to be walking outdoors. When is the event? March 1st. Okay. I mean, you have a chance of it being 70 degrees that day too. Uh, I mean, you know, please. (laughs) I, I mean. So, to, and to be clear, when you say a night like tonight, it's it's cold outside, right. it's, raining, it's raining, it's it's thirty some degrees sure. out. Yeah. It'd be a pain in the ass to walk between right. two sheds. Right. And Easter Market's indoor outdoor, which you know, if you don't know, um, and um, okay, so Whiskey Fest last year sold, I imagine sold out, which is why you're scaling up it, or it, came close. Um, it, it hit a point. I mean, there you know, you can fit so many more bodies in, but for our feel of the user experience. Uh-huh. You know, that's that's the other thing, too. Um, other promoters or competition or whatever will look at some of the fo- – you know, what they do is they look at photos from the event. And if it's not <laughs> bodies wall-to-wall – like when I see bodies wall-to-wall, that's not a success no. to me because I know what that feels like. I've been inside Royal Oak Farmer's Market for some of those events and hated my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pouring sweat yep. and it's winter yep. and you can't move and you can't get a drink. So it didn't matter how cheap the tickets were. As, as a late 35-year-old, I feel like I'm an adult, and I don't want to have to deal with that. No. If I want to go on a bar crawl and go get smashed, there are events for that. I don't think your events are that. Well, and then you really can't even get the amount of drinks. You, you know, so just – You can't, yeah. Now, now here, here's good. something, and I think to your point about, you know, the, the when the the everyone showed up at 6 o'clock to mm-hmm. enter Whiskey Fest the first year, um, the, the idea of doing a VIP hour mm-hmm. before is not only because you want to – give the the customer a different experience but you also want to gauge traffic traffic mm-hmm. right so th- this idea that um you can pay a little bit extra and have the experience to yourself i think yeah. is pretty brilliant and we're, and we're doing that we've limited the amount so it's we're only going to sell there's a max of 500 people that can purchase uh vip for uh, and i'm not a big like even saying vip to me like when i look at the other events 
that just means early entry. Yep. But what's funny is they'll say that they're sold out. And then you show up at 10 and they say, well, we're sold out of general admission. We just have VIP. Well, oh, <laughs> that that's happened quite a bit. Yeah, that's. And that's so that's not awful. something we do. And it is, to your point, to get bodies in the door, work the tables, work out the kinks, and then open doors at seven and let everybody come in. So, and you actually, we added value to it. You're going to get a glass. You get extra samples. There are some suppliers who are bringing, um, you know, some limited releases. Um, Any tips? What do we, we have got? a few. I, yeah. I can't uh, really say yet. Yeah, Nick. But I, I mean, I do have them. I'll tell you after the well, show. We're not. We're, I, this I'll isn't going to be. This is going to be aired until uh, April. So right. Okay. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> it's live right now. Is it? Anybody want to say well, hi? Anyone to? who's on? Well, anyone who's on the thing. Anybody? I, want? I will give a shout out to Dorothy, who was in town today. Dorothy Elizabeth. Uh-huh. She was in town last week. She um, moved out to uh, New York to actually open a bar. She's opening a new bar, which she talked about on my show, which I can't talk about yet. But oh. she listens to this show every week, and it's her little taste of home. Hey. Yeah. Hey, Dorothy. <laughs> hey, Dorothy. <laughs> or as Vato listening. says, hey. hey. <laughs> this is how I say it, man. Why are you making fun of my voice? Hey. <laughs> so uh, logistics, back to logistics. How much... Uh, Influence do you have over the the folks running the tables in terms of you know watching the uh, the crowd for uh, overdrunkenness and things like that? We're, we're very um, aware and we take it very seriously. Um, we provide all the suppliers and um, anybody working a table with a with a two uh, page list on how to serve the ounces that are served. Um, we punch cards. A lot of those places do tickets, which is really not, you know, I can go grab other tickets from someone else. Right. But there's limited, like, you cannot come back and get another card. You get your card, you get your glass, you get X amount of punches, and everybody punches. I personally walk around, and then we have a production manager that walks around making sure people are punching. And I think, you know, I don't want to say that we do everything perfect, but the bars we work with, the bartenders, and especially Oats, Everyone is so – it's almost like they're all on top of each other. Are you punching? Are you punching? Are you doing it right? So that's good. I kind of want to create that mm-hmm. paranoia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, third, I mean, third-party liability <clears throat> and stuff yeah. is is a serious sure. business, not yeah. just for an event but for the bars and stuff too. So, I mean, I right. could expand – well, get the, get the event. Let's get the bar. Let's right. get the uh, individual. I mean, it's not – you know, if you were just running an event that just had food, it would be one thing. But this is a whole – See, and that actually dynamic. scares me even – even more. I don't think a lot of people know yeah. about that. So if your bartender gets you drunk and they kill someone, they can come after the bartender? The bartender, the bar. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So don't be a jerk to your bartender. They're trying to keep cover their ass oh, yeah. when they cut you off. Yeah. I mean, it's and it and it can go down the chain. You know, I go to one bar, hit another bar, I get in a car accident, crash into somebody, kill right. that person. Now I'm coming after both bars. Ooh, that's tough, bartender. though. Hey. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, this just turned dark. That's how the that's how the law works. Yeah, that's how it functions. Yeah, holy and shit, and it should. So you know, I mean, to me, that's that's the difference. We want an elevated experience. You know, people enjoy spirits, they enjoy cocktails, they enjoy beer. We want them to drink responsibly. Mm-hmm. We limit the amount of samples. It's sample size too. That's the other thing that people some some of the uh, the guests guests will show up and think they're getting. Full bars. Twelve four, full drinks, right. and and that's <laughs> not. Yeah, they want you know other events will sell, and I don't want to just make this us versus other events, but these are the, these are the things that make us different. We don't sell extra tickets. You can't like if you're out, which no one ever gets through the full amount. No, no one. It's and they they'll ask us as soon as they're coming in. They haven't even gotten one punch, and they're like, "How do we buy more. extra drinks?" And I always tell them, "You're not going to need them, and if you want to do them." Here's, here's three bars within walking distance mm-hmm. if you want to keep going. But, uh, you know, to me, I don't want the – I've seen the drunken fests. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, you know, there's some people get tipsy for sure out of a couple thousand that's going to happen. But uh, it's about fun and responsibility. And Any uh, par- partnerships with rideshare mm-hmm. programs? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've tried that. They, you know, we promote both, Lyft and Uber, but there's not anything, you know, different. There's no – because the way that they do it, those – with codes and stuff, too. it's yeah. it's silly. Okay, they'll only give you a special code. It's like for people for if you've never downloaded the app. Yeah, 
Well, and you, everyone's downloaded the app, so it's like, yeah, we just you, tell everybody. Right. You could pre-buy it, but it'd just be coming out of the ticket then, right? Yeah. Mm. So, so with cocktail, the cocktail classic becoming cocktail week, mm-hmm. right? And now you're doing dinners and events with um, distributors and and you know brands and mm-hmm. at restaurants. What fascinates me is this idea of you know being careful not to overserve, but you're doing a cocktail dinner with some dinners that have five or six courses with five or six cocktails. Right. How do you how do you control that? Well, and that those are separate. So those are we kind of put people together and then they throw the party. Okay. So that is really, you know, that's up to the establishment to kind of control that. But So you have no you, you yourself as an entity have no liability in terms of No, I can't. Okay. Yeah, because that's their that license sense. and their their establishment. Okay. However, I mean, I've sat through three of them uh-huh. in two years of doing it. And it wasn't, I mean, you don't even really get to finish the cocktail. So it wasn't, I mean, the, the I sat through a Hemingway one at Grey Ghost and it uh-huh. was, everything was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the sample size that you get at the events, just enough to taste and, and to get through. Yeah. They're lower ABV. When we, when I did the Tacoy one two years ago, I mean, there were a number of cocktails, but they were lower AVV or they were smaller portions. Yeah. And I did not feel tipsy at all at the end of the night. Plus, you're eating a ton of food, well, too. And I and also think I want to shout out to the restaurants that do this is like they're they're keeping the guest in mind mm-hmm. with Absolutely. these low ABV cocktails. Yeah. That, that's a fascinating – that's a great idea. I mean, right? they, they put it – those are – they're tough. I mean, the, the guests want them. We want them. They're a hard thing for them to pull off mm-hmm. during that week. So – I mean, that's even something we're looking at because we doubled the amount this year and they all sold really well. Um, but we're looking at more happy hours and more things of that nature. You know, we found what every year we look at it and go, okay, here's what worked. Here's what didn't. And, you know, we're making changes to that. So any ideas you guys have? We're, I'm going to yeah, wait till I'm going to wait till two in the morning. Yeah, please. When it's all over and you can find you and be like, hey, just so you know. Right. I, <laughs> Actually, I think Nick did that to me one time at one event at so, Gin and Vodka Festival. So he might have grabbed me and said, dude, this is, yeah, this is okay. Here's what I would do. So, um, so you do training for industry, typically the beginning of the week, well, or or the USBG partners with the week to do some sort of training as well, like, uh, or in informational classes? Yeah, it's more workshops. Workshops. Yep. Is there any talk of opening that up more towards like a consumer, either like tasting classes yes, or things please. like that? That that has been, you know, that's what I wanted from the start. Mm-hmm. So in 2011, when I drew up, I drew up Cocktail Week in 2011. And when I met with, you know, folks involved, they were like, you can't do this yet. The market's not there. And then by the time we started doing it, the market had already gone past. But my thing was always, you know, I want people like you and people like Travis to, you know, Tell me how to set up my home bar. Here's the five things you or ten things you need that are perfect. Here's the brands you need to to have there. Travis would be all over that if you said brands. Right. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah. um, well, and you're probably comparing it. You look at like um, uh, was it Austin Cocktail Week, Arizona Cocktail Week? One of the which well, starts the, with an A. The the one uh, <laughs> Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 a bunch, and yeah. They, you know, but uh, yeah, and they have the a Anchorage. lot of events like Tales of the Cocktails. Tales of the cocktails. So much training. I mean, um, and and you'll probably never get to that level. But no. I mean, even and, just and yeah, we want it to be different. I mean, I went that the year that I think was that your first year there as well. I think I've been to every one. Okay. Oh, to Tales. Yeah, Tales. Yeah, I went uh, two years ago. Yeah, that's when I. That was my first time. Yeah, you, when the two James the, at the house. Right. Yeah. Yes. So Tales yes. of the Cocktail, New Orleans. Yep. The the biggest cocktail conference yep. in the United States. Place yep. that would not it's give me would not oh, give me press uh, credentials. Maybe, really? yeah. maybe world. Maybe in the world. Maybe okay. world. Yes, yeah. it's, it's the largest and it's crazy. But the one that I went to that same year was San Antonio Cocktail Conference. San Antonio. So there's an A in there. And that <laughs> one, that's really the model for us. <laughs> yeah, that was a great experience in terms of the parties they threw. Yeah, to the marketing, to the the wayfinding, everything that they did was perfect, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. And so we took a lot of those things, and then we want to add some things that are Detroit. You know, uh, like puppets, sure. puppetry. <laughs> Do a puppet class. Huh? I'm just saying. Paul, yeah, there. Co- Coney, Coney's and cocktails. Coney, Love it. I mean, come on. There we go. <laughs> Grace, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So some of that, you know, we want it to be. Fu- I, I like the the getting back to the workshops. I love. I learned so much just from one day mm-hmm. of, and we had some really good people involved. So next year there'll be more of that, and then there'll be more consumer driven. 
I always say, you know, like we've got to think, you know, when you surround yourself with all the bars and, and brands and stuff, they're thinking about Detroit mm-hmm. and they've got these people in mind and it's good to think that way. But I'm, as a marketer, I'm thinking about, you know, 40 year old women in Novi, right? Like how do we get them mm-hmm. to experience this and come to a workshop at a hotel in downtown Detroit in the middle of the week? Like if we start to do that as an event, then then we'll we'll win. Mm-hmm. You do anything with uh, visit Detroit? No. Uh, well, Pure the, Michigan. Yeah, the conventions. Yeah, because yeah, I I've been looking at bringing a couple different conventions in, law enforcement conventions, and uh, you know a lot of people are scared about the hotel space because the amount of people that we want to bring in and the timing that you know we're looking because the the dates that I'm looking at are in the 2021s and beyond. Oh wow! And it, as we're looking there. Now with the auto show moving into the summer, now it limits mm-hmm. that, you know, because that was like the time I was thinking. It's like, oh, man, we could bring them out here in June, July. There's not, you know, a whole lot of going on. But now a new hotel opens like every week, I feel like. Yeah, but they're small. Yeah. Okay. They're small. They're small spaces. I yeah. mean, it's crazy. There's, it's hard for, you know, there's something we've wanted to produce for a couple of years, um, a music and arts festival that's, you know, outdoors in Easter Market. And we're still talking about it, but it's hard to find dates. And when you look at the calendar and there are so, I mean, literally a barbecue, brew, right. and whatever fest every weekend, it's, it's tough and it saturates and, you know, what can you do about it? Look at all the things we lost. We lost Taste Fest, mm-hmm. right? We had that. We had... Uh, we lost Arts, Beats, and Eats. I'm just hoping. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, that changed. But then we, we had the other, uh, we had the other art event that was downtown. Oh, man, what's the name of that Taste one? Fest. It was another one too that was uh, all throughout Wayne State and uh, the DIA and whatnot. It wasn't Taste Fest. It was another. Oh, that's gone. It was. It was there for years. It was all the galleries. Yeah, but it called? was also in the street. Yeah, the streets blocked off mm-hmm. too. At, at what point do you, do you think that you're saying it saturates? And have we reached a saturation point? Like, hundred percent. I, I mean, I know that, like, for, from our perspective, as you know, quote unquote influencers, like, we get invited to places all the time. Right. What? And I, I don't. You know, Joe gets all the invites. I get all the. Just tell us. I'm not going to a wine and vodka fest. Right. I, like, I don't understand why that's even a thing. Wine and whiskey, why, or, or whatever right. it is. Yeah, and, and the, you know, like, you know, Nick to Nick's point about the Royal Oak Farmers Market, it's like. Any that, event that happens there. Saturated. Yeah. So saturated. And, and so, I mean, I, I understand your point of like pulling back and, and saying, I'm, I'm just going to kill events rather than produce events that are going to get lumped into these really shitty events. Well, it's not even that. It's, you know, when the events don't go if we don't have the great suppliers. Like, I'm not just going to mm, take mm-hmm. any vodka brand. I mean, we have, or, you know, whiskey. It has to be for us, the top level folks, and they, you know, we we talk to them all the time. Your five o'clock isn't like <laughs> knocking at your door, like, "Hey, what about us? Give us a, a time and place for that." <laughs> but it's like, do you want to pay fifty bucks for a ticket at five o'clock? That's the thing. Right. You want to pay fifty bucks for like Pappy, and, and so like, they're no. telling us, you know, they don't want, they can't do, and they can't. You know, it's if you think about a supplier too, they're coming and setting up and doing all this work. It's a weekend for mm-hmm. them, right? They typically work the whole week and then bust their ass at an event, and you know. And deal with everybody for four hours and then break down. It's a lot of work and a lot of investment. So for us, I want to go back to them two or three times a year versus 15 or mm-hmm. in some you know production company cases, 40 plus events. I don't want to keep you know going back to the well. That's just crazy. It's nuts. I mean, and it kind of goes back to my point that maybe some of these venues need to say, you know what, we have to take some responsibility in – Determining what our market's going to be. Programming. Yeah. Programming. And I think he's, you know, to speak, you know, we partner with Eastern Market on a lot of things and, you know, we've moved our office down there now too. And I have to say that they are, they're very conscious of that and they don't host a ton of events. They host some of the best events like the, mm-hmm. you know, the beer fest down there in, sure. in October is one of the best events and they do just a ton of weddings. You know, people come to our events, we, they end up booking weddings <laughs> off of our events because people will see the space and the lighting and everything else and say, oh, I didn't even realize this existed. So um, it's, I really think there's other venues that are just every weekend. There's something, some combination of alliteration, you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of some of the great, well, they did like, it was pizza and something. 
wasn't it? See, I'm kind uh, of oh, the, I mean, there, there's there's a there's a event production company that does motor was it Motor City blank fast so it's like motor city pizza fast mm. motor city indian food fast motor city shawarma fast and, and then you you look at like the, the kind of reviews of these events and it's like oh well there was no, like you have a shawarma fest but elamir from dearborn isn't there right elamir's got they have a damn james beard award if you don't have elamir at your shawarma right. fence it's not a shawarma fest right oh exactly. quick interruption did anyone watch um zimmer list this no, weekend I, I did not I, no. so it was a detroit episode and it had um elamir Louis. Um, it had Louis. It had uh, Lady of the House. And I want to say I'm missing one. Z- Zimmer does a great job when he's around. Oh, he loves solid. Detroit. It was solid. Yeah. And um, that that's on Travel Channel? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you need to catch it, go to TravelChannel.com and mm-hmm. Zimmer enlist. Yeah. We, yeah. To go back, you got me thinking of like new thing. I went to Dogs and Donuts. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of possibilities. P- pizza, pizza and Pisco? Yeah. What? Pisco. <laughs> I mean, I'm just throwing Pisco away. I'm just, I'm just throwing alliteration out there. I get uh, it. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm trying to think. There was one. You know, cakes and I corn mean, dogs. And we joke about it all the time, but it's like just the amount of um, the Italian ones you could do because I'm half Italian. It's like you know, I can think of you know a million different goofy things to do that and you it, charge forty bucks and then a thousand people show up and calzones and cannolis. There you go. <laughs> Well, and it's funny because when you – so you just say that right there. Just because you make an event, you have overhead. Mm-hmm. And so you probably got to hit, what, three, 400 people just to, like, break even? Oh, some cases. More than that? More. Okay. You know? Yeah, th- there's a massive cost involved in doing these events. Huge. Right, Huge. even before you pay yourself Eastern markets as, as in the, the person thousands. producing them. Yeah, yeah, you got to get well, you got to get insurance. Got to pay for staff. You got to pay for l- lighting. You tables, pay, rental. Get your yeah. licenses. You got to – But I think it, all these events cheapen that. Well, and that's it too. I mean, I think the folks that do stuff in Royal Oak, you know, their stuff is in there. You know, their ta- whatever their tables and stuff. Uh, so that that, costs, that helps. You know, yeah. we walk into a shed in Eastern Market, and there's Bear. nothing. Mm-hmm. So everything that you see at the event has to be brought in, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, all the to, camera gear, right? <laughs> I, I, but but there's there's an incredible amount of prep that goes into the. I mean, for those that haven't been to the Cocktail Classic, like there's extravagant. Setups. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um. What you know? What, what rusted rusted crow did? What what oh, the, 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 the Optimist Society? Like oh the ice blocks. Yeah. There's so uh, much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Heaven Hill I, did a massive one. Um. At this last cocktail classic, they're doing something crazy for Whiskey Fest too, which is going to be fun. Cool. And, and so, in terms of planning for that, how does do they come to you and say we have this elaborate idea that we want to that we want to execute? Can we do it? Can you provide sometimes? Um. I mean, Dave K is probably the best example of, you know, we don't know what he's going to do. We trust him. He tells us how much space he needs. Uh-huh. And then, you know, three days before the event, it'll be it'll be just a funny question of, <laughs> do you have a forklift on site? <laughs> you, you know, um, which if I bring a truck full of sand. <laughs> but, you know, to that point, oh, everyone's excited for what he's going to do. And that that raised the level of this event. It was nothing that we did at all or myself. It really is the show. They bring the show. And, um, you know, some of the first-time suppliers there had realized, too, like, okay, next year we need to do this. They want to up their game. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's good that we've captured video and, and f- a lot of photos to show. I always show new people, like, listen, you do not have to do this. But you're going to want to be prepared mm-hmm. when you show up. And then there's photos. If you have people to report to or whatever, you just don't want to feel – Mm. out of place yeah. and it, it's not a, a popularity contest by any means it's just the cleverness behind you know like the last word in Ann Arbor always does something yep. incredible you know and is there a cost involved for those people to participate no we've no. never we've never put for the a bars cost. Yeah, the bars the yeah. establishments no because they get, they got to put out for their own yeah they have to supply stuff, two yeah. bartenders and mixers and and, and they the built labor. their own they typically do it with the supplier Okay. And the supplier will, depending on that relationship, a lot of those folks now have worked together before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing for the dinners. Like we don't, you know, the dinners are their dinners and they take the money for that. Um, I like building things that way. I don't know. I mean, my dad told me when I was young, like, you know, if you want to have a good business, let people around you make money. Create things for them to make money. And then you create those partnerships and uh, things will grow. 
So that's solid advice for sure. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that you also own a marketing. Company. <laughs> yeah, I mean that helps. That definitely. Trust I mean, because you're helping people make money, right? Yeah, that definitely helps. And uh, for us to, you know, to have the wherewithal to write copy and do posts and run, you know, Facebook and Instagram and shoot video and um, do PR, you know, that really has has helped. And so you handle all the marketing for your events mm-hmm. as well. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And, and so, like, from, I mean, from. Literally from inception to execution, like you're, you're every step of the way, hands yeah. on. Yeah, yep, yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> how big is your team? Uh, there's four of us. Wow, just four. Yeah. And then really That's insane. I mean, it's it's primarily just a couple of us that pull them off. That's insane because the production is so well done. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I I'm not I'm not dogging Dally at all, but we go to the Dally and it's a committee. When I was on it, it was like twenty people on the committee. That had everyone had a different role, and uh, you know, I'm not a part of it now, but I'm sure that Northcast community has a similar kind of like thing. So to, to hear that you're putting off such a, uh, you know, premier kind of production with just well, a small amount of people, I mean, maybe yeah. it's le- less chefs in the kitchen concept, but some of that. I mean, it, but as you know, we recognized, I recognized going into next this year's cocktail week, there's going to be a lot of delegation. You know, and I want people to take ownership of things. Um, we've hit that point now where we we pushed it to a certain point, mm. and it'll just it won't be very good if it's just me in a vacuum and a spreadsheet designing. You know, the nights. It's going to take people like, I, I mean, you know, there's stuff that came up because Nick and I had conversations. Ooh, and, you build um, a Lego. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yep, you know? we talked about it. Legos, yeah. Le- Lego luge. Um, <laughs> But really, that's, that's how you grow things. That's more alliteration, too. <laughs> that's, a, that's what I'm saying. And you probably get it, too, by traveling around and checking out other things. Like you said, you, you know, took the concept from New York and mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, yeah, it's funny because uh, I look at the photos now from our events, and it's it's neat to see, to remember what I looked at, you know, 2010, 2011, as where we wanted to be, you know, bartenders and cool vests and cool hair and pouring and beautiful people you know what i mean it was like this thing where i was like god how do i do that like i'm t- you know i had done you know local music festivals and stuff that were very awesome and grungy and you know on the street level just sweaty and loud i wanted to do something a little kicked up a notch and if it was like what where we're at now i'm forgetting the year so we're like 20 years ago right maybe we'd have some people throwing cocktail bottles at each other yeah, Doing the whole Tom Cruise thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah. When was cocktail? Is that 80, 87, 88? That's yeah, when that like stuff. That. Yeah, that's, that's making a comeback. There's, there's a, there's a there's diehard so group of flair people out there. Yeah, I, I give them respect because it's, it's hard. <laughs> it is really hard to do some of that stuff. Coming back, man. Yeah, Coyote Ugly. <laughs> Shout out to Brian. So, cocktail classic. You have access to all these different spirits, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like you know the, the kind of ingenuity that occurs with that. So whiskey. Fast. You're focusing just on whiskey, which I think is like the, probably the most popular spirit. It is the most popular spirit in the it U.S., is. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, how does that change the focus of the event? How does that – because you're, you're looking at, you know, 52 people at – 52 um, uh, brands at the um, Cocktail Classic. Mm-hmm. What are you looking at at Whiskey Fest? So Whiskey Fest, I mean, it's a le- it's a lesser amount. What we're trying to do this year, and we'll see, this is a this is a growing year. Yeah. So every year, you know, like last year was we kind of duplicated what we did the first year and it worked. And then I like to push it a little bit in terms of, you know, I don't want you to keep coming back and feeling like, okay, year three, just the exact same thing. Yep. It's a tightrope for us, definitely. But this year what we're doing is we're taking shed three and making that trying to make that simply a tasting shed. So, like, we're tasting what would reserve here. This is that's what that shed would be, and one of the main focal points in there. There'll be some big, larger scale um, installations or activations, but uh, Heaven Hill is doing um, their bottled and bond competition, bartender competition, in a pretty large chunk of Shed Three. So that'll add a different element. And then in Shed Five, we're doing some retail focused retail. Not just you know t-shirt companies and with a table, um, and then um, we're doing some of the establishments, some of the top whiskey bars. We're bringing their bartenders and creating cocktails. So it'll be like a cocktail shed, retail shed, tasting shed, 
And then we're still working on it, but I'd love to, I don't know if we'll be able to pull it off this year to get some breweries involved that do, you know, beer barrel, you know, versions, you know, three or four breweries. Cause that's the one thing that people Whiskey always barrel. ask. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, you know, people, people ask ahead of time email and say, is there anything to drink besides whiskey? Mm. You know, my first inclination is always like, well, it's, it's whiskey at the festival, whiskey yeah. you know? And, I guess uh, you could get wine and they're doing wine and, and bourbon barrels. Yeah, and beer and bourbon barrels. I mean, right. they, I mean, I don't know. Just, so we're gonna, we're trying to add some of that element and just make it a little bit different. And we'll see if it works. You know, uh, the, the, our guests will tell us, or Nick will tell me. So, so <laughs> at two a.m. two a.m. <laughs> to to the responsible, um, you know, guest, right? So you're do you offer like a designated driver ticket? Is mm-hmm. there something? Okay. Yep. Yep. So they can still come in. You know, we put a price on it because. There are still people that want to work that system. Of course. Um, we ca- that's the one thing we'll catch the most. Um, we're pretty good at th- – there's two things at our events. There's the people that will buy the designated driver and then try and drink. They're the easiest catch in the world. And we catch a few of those. What? Event. Wait, why? Nope, nope, don't ask because then people are going to figure out how to get around it. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. There's no way I'm around not, it, really. No, no, no. no. But, but why? Why though? Like, why? Why do you work the system in that way? Like, right. why? Why? I don't know. Right. Just buy the ticket. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're yeah. if you're going to be a designated driver, own it. Right. Own the role. And, and that's what's kind of crappy about it. Right. Like you're. you're I mean, if you're going to pose a designated driver and then drink, is just uh, on yeah, the moral just, scale, it's just tipping it. <laughs> um, just buy the and ticket. then the other thing is, we'll catch people go. Going behind and literally trying to steal bottles from behind oh, the. Wait, what? So we have we have people who just patrol that area because it's crazy. Trying to steal like full bottles of booze, hundred percent. This happens. It, it happens at a certain point. There'll be a, you know, I always say you can feel the shift. <laughs> yes, you can feel the shift like a half yeah. hour before doors, mm-hmm. and even you know, a lot of the times we'll have my my buddy is DJing, and I'm like, don't, don't do it. Because he'll be just like, be like, let's get him into a frenzy. I'm like, let's not. Let's not. I'm tired. <laughs> I've been here since 9 a.m. Let's not. So, okay. So, story for me. So, I, at the Cocktail Classic, I helped you out, Nick, mm-hmm. with uh, some video. And yep. Kyle from um, Long Road uh, brought me a bottle of raspberry and a bottle of Aquavit. Um, just because. Because I told him I wanted some and he brought some. Which I thought was very nice of him. However, I was so paranoid. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I shouldn't have full bottles of liquor here. It seems really weird that this would even be a thing. Um, yeah, but I, by the end of the day, we had a whole case. Oh, no, I, I get it. Yeah. But but, but to, to the point of like just stealing bottles, yeah. it's, yeah, not, it's, a it's not, a, not a normal thing to just walk out of any event with, with a, a bottle. full bottle of booze. But you right. were produ- – you're a special case though because we were producing something. I understand that. Yeah. But but also like, th- like the moral compass that you just re- you know, yeah, referenced. Right. <laughs> You can't even walk out with a cup. <laughs> exactly. Like, right. you can't, like, you're, you're, like, right. no, even shed to shed, good. we yeah. make them, they either have to leave it or finish it to even walk between the sheds. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was very clear with the, I'm like, I'm going right to my car. I'm going to put these bottles in my car. I don't <laughs> want to hold these bottles any longer than I have to. And they were very understanding mm-hmm. of that. To have to, like, sneak around and, like, you know, bring a big purse or a big right. backpack and, like, you know, oh, I'm going to take a bottle of, Tequila, like that's not worth my time. No, the and really, I should, you know, I don't want to make a big deal about it because it's not. It's no, not uh, like yeah. we're just like, oh my god, how do we control this? But it's just funny. <laughs> it's the rampant. best one that's though what... was Whiskey Fest last year. This the, I'd never had this happen in all the years of doing events. Like there was a, a couple and a woman who was wearing a baby. It was strapped <laughs> to her. I could see the baby, and she's in line, and she's walking up, and I keep thinking, am I going to have to tell? <laughs> These humans <laughs> that they can't bring, and they instead of being, they Gracious. were somewhat understanding, but they were just not. Get, they just were like, "Listen, it's okay. We'll take." And I said, "No, no, no. It doesn't matter how much you tell me that you trust two thousand people in here not to pour whiskey or smash a glass on your baby. Like you're not coming in this event." And so I went out, literally pulled out my laptop in my car, and refunded their yeah tickets. And just said, next time, like, get, get a babysitter. They're or, bohemians, man. They're they, like, they were really, it was funny because they just were like, 
what do you mean? We go to DIY Street Fair. I'm like, it's very different. <laughs> it's very different. Now, there is a Bjorn you can buy that has a baby that has like a fake baby with a straw in it that you can fill with it's, spirits. Will you promise to <laughs> I'll purchase it if you wear that if at, wear at that? an event. All right, let's talk. But not one of my events. Like we'll go to another <laughs> event at Royal Oak Farmers Market. With my boozy boozy and Bjorn. I'll, yeah. And your and your and your uh your baseball cap that's got the two things on the side and Oh the uh the Kavanaugh. <laughs> the Kavanaugh. He likes with, beer. With he squee beer. and uh <laughs> Lumpy. Who's the other guy? <laughs> squee squee. Squee, right? Squee. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to bring that back somehow. <laughs> oh, man. So are, your focus is going to be on these two events from now on? Is, yeah. that, is that what? Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I'm running a media company too. So that oh, is, right. that's really the, the focus. But uh, yeah, it didn't make sense for us to to do 12 or 15 events. What what do you see happening with the Whiskey Fest in terms of like it's a one-night thing now? Do you see it turning into Whiskey Week? I mean, it's alliteration. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people have asked about it. I would, I would think if there were a few limited things throughout the week, maybe a couple of dinners. You can move it maybe to Woodward. One. Whiskey on Woodward. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and Whiskey it. Week on Woodward. Holy oh, shit. Oh, my God. The <laughs> nice thing about Cocktail Week is you can have a different spirit every day, every right. hour. Yep. Right. Whiskey, though, I mean, yeah, you can do rye, you can do, you know, Canadian, you can do bourbon. At a point that you're like, all right, rye I've had drink. every whiskey this week. But but I think you, you're, again, you're the special consumer. I, I think that people people have this love for whiskey. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, nope, you're right. You're right. And, and um, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you to mm-hmm. plan a whiskey week because that's not something that I'm at all, like, in terms of planning and stuff, willing to take the take the ball on. But it's like. People love oh, no, you're right. You're bourbon. Right. They love whiskey. They love all these things, and they love scotch. Yep, and, and there, there's plenty of yeah, bandwidth think, for that. I think there's room. See, the, what it always comes back to is, you know, I have probably 25 concepts on paper that I think are great events. You need the suppliers, and you need. It's not always a case of can we sell tickets. It's will the top suppliers do they have the bandwidth? Yeah. And the marketing budget, and you know, do they want to do it? I mean, we Rum and Tequila Fest is a perfect example. That was a great event. People had a blast. Um, it was expensive. You know, we're bringing in tiki huts, and um, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. It was so much work for everyone that we thought, you know, what if we took that energy and put it into more planning for Cocktail Week? You know, and maybe there'll be a tiki portion of cocktail week now. Ooh, you know, mm. so um, and you can sell tiki mugs and whatnot. Yeah. And so that way, people don't steal them <laughs> and walk out with their fifth. Oh, of, no, we uh, did. We had that that at that event. That was you know, we had four different tiki mugs, and people that did the VIP early no. entry got those. Oh, they got them. Okay, okay, and um, they were awesome, but. You know, that's where we ran into problems. I, I told the people at the front, I said, don't show people what they're going to get because if you let them select, we're going to, this whole line is going to be bogged down. Mm. When they come in, you hand them one. That, tur- that turned into just a nightmare with a couple guests. <laughs> Tiki mugs were, are so flipping stolen all the oh, time. Yeah. That's why Trader Vic sells them. I interviewed Porcos in Cleveland and they said they lost 1400 a year. Oh, wow. That's insane. That's multiple per weekend. Wow. I it's yeah, especially when you can just buy. <laughs> you could buy them at your local uh, Salvation Army sometimes. The, the the whole stealing thing just uh, there's like the sense of entitlement that people. I don't know why people have this desire to just take things. The thrill. Well, there's of a, stealing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't, ha- I don't. I don't feel that. But I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, and it's it's sad that it happens. And I, I'll tell you, I. Uh, Throughout the Oakland for a second. So there was some glasses that Sandy had. And I was like, man, I really want these glasses. And I asked him, I was like, do you have any extra? Can I buy some? And he was like, sure. I mean, these are just regular glasses. But yeah. They're regular coops. That, and I just wanted some coops at home. And I didn't want right. to go on Cocktail Kingdom or anything and get them. And he went he went and came back. He's like, here you go. And paid him money. Service. Just like that. Yeah. Imagine if he had that. said no, you wouldn't have stolen one. I wouldn't. Uh, no. The police officer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I think that's what Joe said. Now, there's that yeah. psychology that we would, you know, a lot of people wouldn't even think to I, do that. 
I wouldn't even I I'm you know I'm not brazen enough to go into somebody's event and walk behind a booth <laughs> and grab a bottle. I mean, <laughs> as an event planner, it'd be really weird if you were. Right? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff I'm taking from this conversation that I want to try. We'll do it the same night that you wear the thing. All right. I mean, I'll do some stuff on a dare. <laughs> And you could like, do it I'm just kidding. You could do it to stuff. test the security. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I was just trying to test security. I was, I was helping you guys out. Yeah. <laughs> if no yeah. one challenges Joe with a bottle, they're not going to challenge you. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, the key is you just got to look like you know what you're yeah. doing. You gotta, exactly. No, look important. Yeah, yeah, I'll just yeah. Like no, I. What, you I, know the best way to do it? Have a camera on your shoulder oh. too. Oh no yes. Never question someone with a camera. Yep. It's a little tip, guys. <laughs> Have a camera walking around. No, I'm just taking a car to take a picture of it. See, I'd like to. Uh, my cousin is a was a, is still is a police officer. Was a Detroit police officer for a long time, and I would always joke with him, like, "How do I get the light? Like, I just want the light to put on the car, or just a badge, so that I can when I run into problems oh, no. or oh, someone." No. And he was like, "You know, you can't impersonate a police officer. Like, that's really, really bad." <laughs> You know? <laughs> and so that I want, that's the thrill that I want. It's not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> 23 years of doing it is not that exciting to carry. What do you talk about? Every time I walk in front of your car, you turn on the, the siren. <laughs> see. It's only because I'm trying to stop you. <laughs> so, Anthony, where can people find out more about your events and your marketing firm? Um, pulp, PulpDetroit.com. Okay. Um, and then uh, for the events, you know, they can search for Detroit Whiskey Festival. Okay. Um, or on, Detroit, on, on Facebook, Facebook. Okay. Um, or Detroit Whiskey, no E. No E. No E. Dot com. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Detroit Whiskey. Long story. Okay. Yeah. That's Can fine. Canadian. Canadian. And then the cocktail classic? DetroitCocktail.com. DetroitCocktail.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for thank being you. with us. Appreciate yeah, it. It's yeah. been a blast. It's fun. Until next time, dine well, friends.